0: Well, it reminds us of the reality of life and death Uh, about seven years ago, in the space of one year, I was at the funerals of two uncles and an aunt, all brothers and a sister of my mother's. And just after that, another close relation. It was four really within the space of a year or so so i was reminded of the reality of death and how i'm not getting any younger i used to have some color in my hair when i first came to Kells. there's i don't think any left now but uh that's the reality and about six years ago we were out in france and Italy with our trailer tent and on the way home we stopped in normandy I went to Omaha Beach, and uh, there's another slide hopefully coming up another, yep, Omaha Beach, and uh, went to the war memorial there, thinking back to D-Day, 6th of June 1945, and subsequently, that uh, graveyard there, that memorial calls some 9,000 graves, mostly young men, some of the graves are marked not with a cross, but with a star of David. And there is, Because the occupant of that grave is a Jew. And some of those same stars will have, like that one, stones on them. Do you know the significance of those stones? Well, I was reminded of how some years, many years previously, I had the chance to go to Israel, on a study tour. And there in the Mount of olives, there are a lot of tombs of, oh, there they are, graves of the deceased. And you'll notice in many of those tombs there are also stones. And I was told then, the reason for their stones is, is to hold the lids of the sepulchers, the graves, down, because the Jews believe in a resurrection when the Messiah returns. As so though they don't rise before the Messiah returns, they keep the stones on to hold the people down until the Messiah comes. The Jewish belief in the resurrection. So this subject, and that of death, we turn this morning in John 11 and the well known raising of Lazarus from the tomb. One thing I want you to note first is that distress call that is put out by Martha and Mary. We read there, now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, in the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, His brother Lazarus was ill. So, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. There is the distress call. Death or critical illness is a way of showing us what matters in life. It's not how big your house is or your bank balance, it's our loved ones and our relationships that matter. Sisters Martha and Mary were facing the loss of their brother Lazarus, and they are powerless to do anything, well, almost anything, the one thing they realize they can do and do do, is send a message, a distress call to Jesus. So, they send Him a message, the one you love is ill. What a lesson for us. We ought to follow their pardon. And of course, people often do when struggles come, they pray. But note to that what they say, Lord, the one you love is ill. They don't tell Jesus what he should do. Lord, come and heal Lazarus. It's what we would expect. What we would probably do. They just say, Lord, here's the situation. Lazarus is ill. No doubt they hoped he would heal their brother. But they don't dictate. I wonder, is there a lesson? for us in that. When we come to our prayers, do we decide what Jesus is going to do first? Or do you say, Lord, here's the situation, and let Him decide what's best. And, of course, He does know what's best. There are hopes for what we would like, and then there are Jesus and God's plans. They simply inform Jesus of the situation. You wonder, is there a, a lesson, a model for us in that? Or we could quite decide what should be done. The distress call. And then there's the devotion. We need to note in these verses Jesus' love or devotion for this family. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany. And then verse 3, So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, the one you love is ill. Martha and Mary know that Jesus loves their brother and loves them. And then verse 5, Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. The one you love, verse 3, and then John makes clear in verse 5, Jesus loves these people. John is making clear to us Jesus' love for them. And if we miss that, we'll get the wrong end of the stick in what follows. John is saying, I want you to be sure of this. You need to understand this. Jesus loves these people. Martha and Mary Make that clear in the message they send. John affirms it again in the following verses. Jesus loved them. Get that. If you don't get that right, you'll get everything else wrong subsequently. Jesus loves them. Lazarus is dying. And then what? Look at verse 6. Verse 6. So, when he heard Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer. The delay, the delay. Some translations say, but or yet, Jesus stayed two days more. But the correct translation is, so therefore, as a consequence of his love, he stayed, he delayed by two days. A delay is because he loved him, not despite the fact he loves them. Now, that seems to contradict what we would think would be the normal thing to do if he loved them, surely he would go immediately and do something. Do you not know what you would do? It seems wrong that he would stay. Aye, to this is the way we think of things. You know, here were people, Martha, Mary, Lazarus, who so often have put Jesus up and his disciples with, as B, for B and B, who looked after them, who, who loved him, who sought to serve him in so many ways. Surely they, they don't deserve this delay. Surely they deserve Jesus to go and do something immediately. You know all we read when Jesus waited for Mary to come and saw her rushing and they followed and they saw Jesus weeping. the shortest stories in the Bible, Jesus wept. See how he loved them, how he loved Lazarus. And yet some said, well, surely if he loved him, couldn't he have done something? Like he healed the blind, couldn't he have come and done something? not that how we often think? Something happens in our experience. It seems to contradict God's love for us. And our service for him, weak and pitiless as it often is, Well, again, John reminds us, Jesus loved them, so he laid. Why? Well, a couple of days later, Jesus makes clear, in fact, well, even before then, Jesus makes clear to the disciples, what does he say there in the following verses, verse uh, um, 7, then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. And they agree to follow. And then Jesus says, after this, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I go to awaken him. And they misunderstand. Yeah, that'll be good for him. He'll get rest. He'll recuperate. No, says Jesus. When they say he's fallen asleep, I mean he's dead. He's dead. They hadn't understood. And Jesus says, and I'm glad I wasn't there. Look again, verse uh, 14. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad I was not there. Why? So you may believe. Indeed, if we do some of the, the mathematics, we discover when Jesus arrives in Bethany that uh, Lazarus was already dead the no, we knew he was dead but he'd be dead four days and uh let's suggest it took a day for the message to get from bethany to where jesus was they delayed two days that's three days it takes a day for jesus to get there so by the time the message came lazarus was almost probably dead anyway would have been dead but again why reasons so that God might be glorified we didn't read that again let's read that again in verse uh, 4 Jesus said this illness does not lead to death it is for the glory of God, so the Son of God may be glorified through it and then again in verse 15 and for your sake I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe why so God might be glorified So you might believe, so you might see, I'm the Messiah, I'm God as well as man, so you might believe. That's why there's this delay. God works through delays as well, you know. told you some of the things, or the children, some of the things in my own experience. uh, when I came to Kells as assistant minister, I was eligible for a call in, uh, it was April of 1997, and just a month after, my colleague, he was eligible for a call. That day, he was interviewed, made a soul nominee, preached, and a few weeks later, was installed, or whatever. I had to wait nearly three years. And then Kells had work coming up couldn't afford to keep me i was going to be unemployed it seemed by time in early 2000 and he got a phone call from scotland they were looking for a minister they decided to cast a net further they'd got by name by various means was i interested i thought yes i studied in scotland So I went to see them, Uh, I preached in another congregation, hearing committee heard me and they interviewed me and that afternoon I was made a sole nominee. And the convener got in touch, says, when can you come and preach for this congregation? I said, well, any time stood at me. He said, well, we have to give so many weeks notice, so the earliest date would be the 5th of April, 2000. And I knew when he said that, I was going to Scotland. So another colleague of mine who'd gone to Scotland had once previously told me to move from here to there or vice versa, you had to be five years ordained. And on that very day, I would be five years ordained. I had to wait. Timing wasn't right. Didn't say that beforehand. So afterwards... God knew what he was doing. Maybe there are delays in your life, but God still loves you. And you can trust him. The distress, call the devotion, the delay. And then Jesus, the resurrection and the life. Jesus delayed to make sure, perhaps for one reason, that everyone knew Lazarus really was dead. He wasn't just in a coma or anything. He really was dead. As body had begun to decay and stink, he really was dead. And as we said, he, he delayed that they might believe and that God might be glorified. Didn't they believe already? Well, yeah, they believed some things. They didn't believe everything. The disciples hadn't yet fully got that Jesus was going to die and rise again. He told them, but they didn't really believe it. Martha and Mary likewise believed lots of things. They didn't believe everything. And he allowed them to go through this great grief so he could show them who he truly was in raising the dead. And not long after this, he himself would die and, of course, rise again. So when Jesus arrived, Martha runs out to him and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I wonder... It's a statement of faith and yet maybe it's also a mild rebuke lord if you'd been here you could have done something and you didn't perhaps he's thinking too of how jesus could heal from afar remember when the centurion came to jesus for his servant he knew jesus didn't have to go jesus authority jesus could just speak from where he was and that's what he did and the servant was healed and then jesus reminds her lazarus will rise again yes i know he's going to rise again at the last day she's this affirmation of his belief that there's going to be a resurrection at the last i know when messiah comes lazarus will rise Then jesus makes that wonderful statement i am the resurrection and the life Whoever believes in me that we die, yet shall he live. And all who live and believe in me shall never die. He asks the question, do you believe this? He's the one who brings spiritual life first. Brings people to faith in himself by his Spirit. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, regenerating, touching our hearts like he touched Lydia's heart. And your heart, if you're a Christian here this morning. Bring people to faith in His Son, and then, of course, one day when He returns, bringing about the resurrection of the physical body. You know, the salvation that Jesus brings isn't just of our souls. It's a salvation that affects all of creation. That's why Romans eight, that the, the world is waiting, groaning, waiting for its redemption. It's restoration to what it was before the fall. Before there was death and disease and disaster. It's waiting for that. And our bodies too. And Jesus' resurrection body is a pointer to what we will have. Salvation Jesus raised isn't just of our soul, it's our bodies. We will have a physical resurrection one day. And there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. The longer affected by sin or Satan that's something we look forward to Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 15 he says that Jesus didn't rise we're made out to be liars and there's no hope but he did rise there's a resurrection the first fruit of what will be ours as well one day. And surely Mary and Martha came to see these things subsequently. Look back to the beginning of John 11. We read something. And we wonder why it's there. Verse 2. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was ill. Now this event that's referred to happened subsequent to Lazarus' death and resurrection, because it's in chapter 12, six days before the Passover. Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So, they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, ointment that, was it worth a a year's wages? Mary spent a year's wages on Jesus, because now she knows he loves them. She knows because of all that's happened. Because Lazarus had died, but Jesus came and raised him. And something else that all this brought about, the death, the resurrection of Lazarus, was the precipitated plans for Jesus' arrest. We read there towards the end of chapter 11. In fact, we read many of the Jews there who had come to Martha and Mary and saw what he did believed, many believed as a result of what happened. And God works in our lives to bring about various things, even disappointments, sadnesses, and uses them. Not just to encourage our faith, but to bring others to faith. But then we read on, but some went and told the chief priests and Pharisees, and they gathered together, and began to conspire. What are we going to do? Everybody will follow him and we'll lose our nation and our place. The high priest says, of course, don't be foolish. Isn't it better that one man die than the whole nation die? But he's prophesying that Jesus would come and die. For who? For sinners like me and you. And so all this with Lazarus started things rolling, so we would seek him out and put him to death, so that I might believe and I might be saved and you might be saved today. One, mind, one man dying for many, for me and for you. John Piper says, love means giving us what we need most, full and endless expression of the glory of God as our supreme treasure, our all-satisfying treasure. We read in the Scriptures, the loving kindness of Jesus is better than life. And love is doing whatever you have to to help people see and enjoy Jesus as their supreme joy. Martha and Mary saw that. through what happened? And many others believed and came to faith in Jesus and found satisfaction and life and hope in the face of death, which is coming to all of us, unless Christ returns first. So tell me this. Have you come to experience this love of Jesus, this new life that He brings? Will you trust Him and believe in Him, when your prayers aren't answered, when disappointment comes, when the tears flow? Will you remember He loves you? How do we know He loves you? He died for you. He went to that cross and He rose again. And he asked Mary this question. He asked us this question. Martha, do you believe this? And does your life show you believe this? Let's unite in prayer. Father.